Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCrady, Clark Ford Studio here, uh, starting another week with you. Little uh, <clears throat> waiting game from an Ole Miss coaching staff standpoint. Also, the national title game tonight there in Indianapolis. It is uh, Georgia and Alabama, as you're aware. Lucas, Shocking. Uh, yeah, I know. Blown away by that. We'll talk about that. A few things around that game today. We'll talk about some basketball. Ole Miss knocking off Mississippi State Saturday night here in uh, in Oxford. Dominated the majority of the game up by 20 at one point. And uh, winning against the Bulldogs. They've kind of gone a little bit of a run. I believe they've won 12 of the last 17 in the series, something like that. So, uh, anyway, that and uh, much more coming up, as well as uh, our interview with Chance Campbell. That is also the YouTube feed. We're going to show it to you right here. The final one of that series for the year, Chance declaring for the NFL Forever. draft. Well, that's a good point. Not for the year, but for I mean, uh, I guess yeah. if he goes to the NFL, we could probably get him back. I feel, feel, feel good about that. Yeah, I like our chances. <clears throat> so, anyway. That and more coming up on the show. Show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. You know about the lunch specials: five sixty nine, two sides of bread, thirty two ounce drink, clean convenience store, good gas prices, and more. And even a little better if you go up to the pump, take a picture of the QR code, ten dollars off immediately right there at the pump for the tank you are getting. You can uh, you can do that <clears throat> with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations across Mississippi with the Exxon mobile app. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. I saw Corey at the game on uh, Saturday night, as a matter of fact. So you can give him a call, and um, you can tell him what Ford product you're interested in, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Chance Campbell, Ryan Brown. Other guests, when they join us, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. A great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, appetizers, great beer selection, full bar, and more. Got the championship game tonight. Got the NFL playoffs starting on uh, on Saturday. So there's a lot to hang out and do. Ole Miss uh, at Texas A&M on Tuesday night. And then Ole Miss at home against Auburn on Saturday night. So make our Rafters part of your stop. It's rafters on the square in uh, Oxford and also in New Albany. I got the uh, thing there. It's actually Neil's birthday today. So. Oh, is it? <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's got a big party tonight planned. Mm-hmm. Big like six course dinner. Um, you won't meet a bigger birthday person than me. I'm, I'm I mean, here. he is he is pumped up for the occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacked. Well, your mother gave it away. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Where? Oh, uh, Facebook. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you can wish him a birthday. He'll take, you know, 
Venmo, cash out. All the I will items. take Venmo. All, 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 all the different items. Absolutely. So one positive of the birthday is just throw the throw the username out and see what happens over the course of the uh, the day. You inter- not, not a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, put your hands like some basketball. You interested tonight? Um. Yeah. What is your What is your level of keep? What has it got to be to keep you up? Because that game takes forever. That's oh, an after eleven o'clock. It's got to be finale. dramatic. It's got to be dramatic. Like it's got to be back and forth seesaw. I, I got to feel like I, if I miss it, I'm missing something. Because in my mind, it's like okay, so they're playing again. They're going to play again next December, and they're going to play again next January. It's got to be that thing where you know, hey, I'm going to wake up in the morning and go, ah, oh, hell, okay, everybody else is in on this thing that happened. Yeah, <clears throat> but if it's like 14 points going into the fourth quarter, you feel pretty good. And go, I'm like, hey. okay, you know, if, somebody, if something historic happens and it does, they'll, and, and great, they'll probably stream the highlights somewhere. No, it, it would have to be, it would have to be a, a really good game. But I'm interested. I mean, on a scale of like one to ten, with one being you couldn't drag me in front of the TV to watch it, and ten being I wouldn't miss it. It's a seven. Yeah. I'm not locked in. But I'm interested. Sure. And look, it's the last college football game for a while. One of the reasons I always watch the playoffs is because, well, when this is over, I'm going to kind of miss it for a little while. I get it's not changing a ton. Probably has very little actual tangible benefits. But I do think it matters. If you're the rest of the schools in the league, aren't you a little pissed about that coach's film room thing tonight? You're going to fill me in. The coach's film room is the Texas A&M staff. Yeah, that would bother me. That would piss me off. It's their whole staff sitting in a room? That's all. How many ever there are, it's only A&M people. It's Jimbo. Oh, look. I mean, credit to A&M for getting it. Is Durkin going to be on it? I don't know. I'm unaware. But I'm a little surprised. I mean, to me, that doesn't pass the smell test. I mean, A... Those people that sit around and have like these coronaries because of the SEC, they're literally their heads are going to pop off tonight at some point. Like they're just going to start spinning like tops off into space. Well, then that means I like it. Okay, well that that, that, that that's a positive to it. Because um, I do love. I mean, I love the anti-SEC sentiment that's out there. It it, and I'm not even a big SEC guy, but I love the hatred of the SEC stuff. Adore it. And then you end up right here, Alabama and Georgia. Grind makes a point that the rematch is much less anticipated than that 2011 rematch. It, I think some of it's because those two teams seem so invincible. And Bama has lost. And also the first game that year between those two was teams so good. was a classic. Yeah, you got the 9-6 slobber knocker. Yeah, you got exactly what we kind of thought we'd get. And it was satisfying at the end. And when it was over, you're like, okay, I, I, that, I got that one. Don't do a sequel. Because mm-hmm. the sequel can't live up to the first one. And it didn't. The sequel was a was a dud. 21, 21 to nothing, I think. Yeah. It was a dud. It was the end of Les Miles, too. It was the, that was it. It was. That was the night. I think I'm still... I don't really care, but when I sit down, I will be hoping Alabama wins the football game tonight. I'm still pretty sure. Don't even really. 
I'm I'm, I'm kind of mixed. Like it's not a hundred to zero, but you know, I don't know who I'm. I, I honestly don't know if I have a rooting interest and won't know until the game gets yeah. going. And frankly, there will, there will be a third and four, and it will hit you and go, "Okay, I wanted them to get it, or I didn't want them to get it." You know, it might be. I'm so completely, from an emotional standpoint, checked out of this game that it might be fourth quarter in a dramatic game before I realize who I'm for. That drive's going down, you go, oh. Yeah, you're like, I kind of hope they get it. All right, man, I don't want them to score here. At that point, it'll be like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I feel something. And if you really don't care at all, most of the time you pull for the offense for whatever reason. I don't really know why, but yeah. I feel like you just kind of pull for, hey, go down and score. So I've gotten, I mean, from a from a obnoxious fan base standpoint, the Alabama fan base has gotten to where they win so much that they're almost not even obnoxious. No, they're robots at this point. Georgia will lose their... Georgia winning a title would make them pretty damned obnoxious. Yeah. Maybe really obnoxious. But I'll tell you now, I don't see how Alabama doesn't win it next year. And so if they win it this year, we're talking about three-peat and stuff. So the two things from a Georgia standpoint that I found funnier here is credit, credit to, to Roddy and the guys at the Georgia rival site. They did a cameo with Hope from the SEC Shorts. Oh, really? Addressed simply to their message board for uh, for tonight. It was really, really good. It was hilarious. It was, <laughs> oh, I got to see that. Yeah, it was good stuff. She, uh, yeah, she like. Kind of made fun of the other side. It was, it was good. It was it was it was really really. Oh, funny. I got to see that. So they they did that, and then did you see where the cops were called to St. Omos last night? No. So this is from Anthony Dasher, um, GeorgiaRivals.com writer. He uh, he was eating at St. Omos last night, and I guess there was like a couple. They, they you know they're fans of both teams. They're doing the kind of the cheers back and forth. And which, I, I, by the way, completely ruins the dinner experience. Oh, it it. it I understand why people would be like, okay, guys, like, stop. Because there are people there that night, I'm guessing, who don't have an affiliation with either school, who this is, they've looked forward to going to dinner. That's true. Just, they were it, in Indianapolis. Maybe last it was night. someone's birthday or something, and they booked this long ahead of time. And they're follow, yeah, it's, it's this going on. Because for and, all the jokes about the steakhouse, it is supposedly really, really good. Yeah, sure. Like, it's a great steakhouse experience. It's one of the top 15, yeah. 20 in the country. So. I know at one point I've got – Dasher put a video of Georgia doing this really, really long cheer. I'm not even really sure what the hell they were saying, but they were doing this really long cheer. And at some point in there, the Georgia people are getting talked to by the cops at, like, at the table, and apparently they wouldn't shut up. just kept on and on and on and on, and finally um, some semblance of police or security or something have uh, were called in. <sighs> yeah. So – there's that. The plane, you're always going to get like the cheer. I don't really mind that, but again, kind of stop at some point. Like you don't need a full hour and a half pep rally of the. Well, you know, so much of life is about return on investment. <clears throat> you know, I mean, if you don't put anything into something, you mm-hmm. don't get anything out. If you put everything into something and you don't get much out, it's very disappointing. When you think about the level of investment on this roster. If all they get out of this is you won the SEC East, that's that, it. I mean, that's got to be incredibly disappointing. That is going to the big time steakhouse, and they tell you when you order, we have no steak. No, we have some wonderful garlic mashed potatoes. The chicken tonight is fantastic. I don't have that. It's great steak. And the salad's pretty good. Can I get that old fashioned oven cooked? No, we're out of bourbon, but I can make you a gin and tonic. 
It's not that it's bad. Gin and tonic's nice. and Garlic mashed potatoes are good, but that's not what you had in mind. That's Georgia if they lose tonight. I mean, you got a good team. But you didn't win shit. You didn't win anything. You have bragging rights over six teams, the best of which was Kentucky. Congrats. <laughs> and I guess you won the Orange Bowl. You did. The Orange, you Michigan. Bowl, Orange Bowl champs. And for a lot of people, like Kentucky right now, would take that. But Kentucky didn't invest the way Georgia invested. Oh. There's a lot riding on this. I mean, Tennessee would take that. Tennessee would go, you know what? It's cool. That's a good, good, spot, good spot for us. South Carolina would say all in. Yeah. But all of those teams could say, but we didn't invest like that. Mm-hmm. We're not out that amount of investment. Georgia invested a lot in this roster. They have some assets tied up in this. In this I roster. mean, there is a lot of collateral in this in this roster. And if you don't leave with the big ring, I just don't know that it. I don't know that you can say that you got your uh, ROI. There's a lot of pressure on them. And if you lose this this game and turn around next year and watch them win it again, whew, it's tough. It's tough to start. I mean, you know. You don't start saying the words, but. Yeah, you can become the. When I was a kid, the Houston Oilers were really good. Dan Pastorini and Earl Campbell was a superstar. My God, he was great. And they had a good defense and had good wide receivers and were good on special teams. And Bum Phillips was this character on the sideline, and they never could get past the Steelers. Never could get past the Steelers. Got close. Won some big playoff games. Beat the beat the San Diego Chargers once without Pastorini. I think Gifford Nielsen came in and, and quarterbacked the game. Sure. But they never got past the Steelers. Where are they today? They're the Tennessee Titans. Nobody remembers them. Ooh. It is a win it all or because if you if you push the cards all in and Georgia has, if you push all your chips in and lose, you lose. It's a loss. And they're all I think the pressure's on them. If Alabama loses tonight, eh, whatever. I'm not going anywhere. Eh, whatever. You're favored to win it next year. Bryce Young's back. Anderson's back. Loads of talent. It'll be all right. Oh, it's fine. And they've won so many titles that if they don't win another one, you still it's, – it's no one – I mean, even if you hate Alabama, nobody can – They're still – I mean – Nobody's it, it, questioning that this is the greatest football dynasty of all time. This is the greatest college football dynasty of all time. It will almost certainly never be replicated. Ooh. It is – It's whenever it ends, when you look back at it, and it ends the moment Nick Saban walks out of there, you look back and go, my God, what a run. No one will ever do that again. It's 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 John Wooden-esque, and no one's done that since then. Yeah, sure. So, but if they, so if they don't win tonight, I mean, yeah, it's whatever. They're fine. I'm sure they'll be disappointed, but carry on. Georgia doesn't win tonight. It starts to get in your head because Georgia's playing for keeps. That's it. No, it, it it one one walks out tonight. I mean, it is Georgia has gone to the auction house with yeah. hey with someone going hey look, you do know this is real money, right? And they're like, <laughs> I don't care. We we are walking out with that piece of art. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, all right, we'll we'll figure it out. 
Our children's inheritance is tough. I don't care. I want that painting. Yeah. That's Georgia. I don't even need to lower my paddle. My paddle is just staying up. I'm up. Yeah. Not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm the last one standing at this auction. And that auction, and that auction, and that auction. That's great. So you better have the best art house when it's over. Yeah. Because it would sure suck if someone goes, you know what? You do have a nice exhibit here, but the one in Tuscaloosa is better. Be tough. The kicks at seven. It it's a while. It's a it's going to be a four hour thing. It'll be it'll end around eleven. Yeah, halftime's like forty five minutes. Yeah, it'll end around eleven. Might even go a touch over that. That's the advantage Alabama has in these things. Frankly, is that they go every year and they have the. They have the routine down. It's like the Super Bowl a little bit, where you know Kirby's, you're, Kirby's advantage is he. This he's, is his second yeah. time, so he's done it. And he, I mean, and he at least can take from sure his Alabama time there too. I mean, oh sure, been, sure. Because I remember when 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 the Saints went to the Super Bowl in '09, Peyton called Bill Parcells and right and racked his brain on, hey, like what are the things that kind of need to to do here? Um, the biggest thing is that you don't leave it all in the warmups. Yeah. Calm. Yeah. 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 Be cool because when you go back in, instead of 10 minutes later, you come out to play, it's like 30 minutes before you come out to play. Yeah. Um, Georgia's still favored by two and a half going into tonight. So Alabama with the best coach and the best quarterback and the winning of the, the previous game is two and a half point underdogs tonight in, uh, in this one. So. so according to the thread, it's uh, Black Monday in the NFL. I'm sure we'll talk some NFL in a minute. Uh, yeah. Zimmer in Minnesota is fired. Oh. Which is what I expected. The curious thing in Minnesota will be what they do with the GM or if they do anything with the GM. He's I know, been fired too. He has? I believe so. Okay. I believe that is that is right. Um there will be there will be questions all day today about Lane Kiffin in Minnesota. I'm I'm gonna freely tell you that I think it's a bad rumor. I, I I've I guess I heard it for the first time. When was Carson's game? It was Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, I started working on it on Wednesday night. I worked on it on Thursday. I got nowhere with it. I mean, zero, zero anywhere. I've run it by some Minnesota people that I know. It doesn't check out, but, yeah, the GM's out too. The rumor that is specific is that the owner there, Ziggy Wolf, is enamored with Kevin. So we'll see. And now that the GM's out, Wolf's in charge, and it, it is his team. But I, I ran that by people, and nobody bought it either. Matt Nagy out in Chicago, that's not a surprise. That's not even a little bit of a shock. All eyes on uh, Ryan Day on that job. That's correct. Which would start the carousel back. It would absolutely start the carousel because I think Luke Fickle would get the Ohio State job. And then which you would, start Which trickling. would open the Cincinnati job. Yeah, and then you start trickling. And then you that. ask the question, how how good is the Cincinnati job? Yeah, Neil's not broken up about Nagy because he's a Bengals fan. That is that is why he's yeah. not broken up. About you know, I realized I was a Bengals fan yesterday for real because I was watching the Bengals and the Browns in a game that didn't matter, and I was still cheering for the Bengals. Okay, I, I felt something. I watched the Bears now and went whatever. Yeah, the Rams are a complete and utter waste of space. We knew that going into yesterday, and then yesterday they they blow a seventeen three halftime lead where their expected win percentage was ninety percent. They are um, soft. They. They are soft. McVay was 45-0 and in his career leading at halftime prior to yesterday, and that was the sixth biggest comeback in 49er franchise history. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. So soft. 
Um, See, we had a super chat up here a minute ago. I want to make sure we touch it. Yeah, Kyle thinks he says, uh, "Will Georgia start turning on Kirby with a loss tonight?" Um, that's probably strong, but, but there you, will start being a well. Where are we at? You might plant the seeds of a turn. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, what are we doing? This is not what we paid for. Why is Georgia favored tonight? Someone asked because they're the better roster. They're not doing the freak the freak out bias on the SC championship game. Oh, oh, that was right. absolutely what this what this is. So, what were your feelings as the Saints? Because the Saints took care of business, and then the Niners. Well, what's sad about well, that, okay, first thank God, okay, because the Rams are up seventeen three. They're playing well. Like I was at a spot where I thought they were in. I mean, now look. They have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. Right. So, or, or getting to Because, like, Super I was texting Bowl. with Romero, and he was like, dude, we need draft picks, not the playoffs, because we're not winning anyway. What difference does it make? Look, that is the logical, true answer. Sure. But when you get in that position, you're like, no, let's get in the tournament. Sure, of course. Let's play next week. I want to yeah. watch another game. Yeah. And their defense is legitimately really good. So, I, I mean, they, they kind of dominated the Falcons. I'm watching the Rams and sort of keeping up with it. And I was going to make a couple, like, snarky tweets at halftime, and thank God I didn't. Like, that, that, that's where, when, when the game was going on, I went, oh, God, thank God I did not I did not do that. Because I was going to take a couple shots at the Cowboys. Like, I had a couple things all lined up there ready to go. And uh, then I really wasn't – I had counted my chickens to the point of I didn't realize what was happening in the L.A. game. I was still watching the Saints. Like, I sent you some stuff. I was just kind of doing some stuff. And uh, I look up and it's, and I see the highlights of the seventeen to seventeen. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is not this isn't good. Yeah. But then the Rams, Stafford makes the big throw to Cup and they go down and they score. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's all it's all right. And then when it went to overtime, you went, nah, this like, it, 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 well, and look, here's what here's what's annoying about it. It wasn't even like it was the game that didn't matter for L.A. They fell from the two to the five, to the four. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge lost a home game. Yeah, it was, well, no, they didn't lose a home game, but well, yeah, well, no, they didn't. You're yeah. right. But it was still a huge loss for them because now they play well, the Cardinals well, and the lost Saints. A, lost a second round home game. Yeah, correct. I mean, they, now they got to go to Green Bay and we for for a pro for a program for a franchise that had prided itself on defense and physicality. You're right. Stafford has been an enigma when it mattered in several games, and they are they they, they have a soft tendency to them. They're they're Dude, they're soft. They're yeah. flat soft. When you watch them and you watch the Niners on the same field, yeah. The Niners win that game because they're the more physical, tougher team. It has nothing to do with talent. No, LA's the more talented team. Yes. But I'll tell you this, and I like Stafford. Give me Garoppolo. Because at least I know I'm going to compete. <laughs> Stafford's a much better quarterback. Yeah, yeah. But, man, he gets whiny. Steve doesn't run the right route. Something to go right. Well, even in overtime, they go. They, they they get they kick the field goal. Get get the ball and go score. Go score. You got the ball. You stopped them. Go score. At least kick a field goal. Do it again. I mean, do something. And you just kind of throw it up for grabs yeah. right there. It's going whatever. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Of those two teams, the one that is likable is the Niners. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'll uh we'll go over some NFL stuff later, definitely tomorrow if we haven't hit it today, a couple different things to get to, but nonetheless. We'll go to Chance here in a second. We'll go ahead and play that interview for you. Again, his final appearance on the uh on the show for the uh again for the year, maybe. I we'll see how long. Uh podcast brought to you in part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option and more. You can find Jason at six six two two three four two seven zero four. 
or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We're also brought to you by Brothrow. If you're thinking about uh, ways to bet tonight, go to Brothrow. Brothrow.com. Get registered. Uh, no third party, no juice. Over time, it's going to save you money. You can start your own group, make friends, invite your friends. Payment's going to happen within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. Brothrow.com. Deadsoxy.com. Go there. Order the best socks you've ever put on your feet. Enter promo code Rebel Grove at checkout. Get 25% off all orders. Game Changer Patches are uh, the only two-patch system in the market today that's available to uh, stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients keep you in the game, ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com. Enter the promo code RebelGrove20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Automation and Control Systems, LLC, is owned by Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. ACS can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. To get in touch with them, go to acsllcms.com. Or call 662-601-4381. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate is based out of Jackson. They service the entire state in all commercial and asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. This week's property spotlights on the Village at Madison, located in historic Old Town Madison. It'll feature roughly 60,000 square feet of Class A restaurant, medical and uh, professional office space, retail as well. 750 lot line residences. Pinpoint handles the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. It's located on the corner of Madison Parkway and Main Street. Cobblestone streets, iron railings, and gas lighting will serve as signature elements of the development. To learn more, get in touch with uh, Sam Cox and B.B. Mitchell at 601-586-3220. Podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They're right there on South Lamar in Oxford. Also with Tyson Drugs on the square in Holly Springs. So take advantage of your community pharmacy. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. For your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have what you need for the month when you need it. So again, 662-236-2222 or stop in on South Lamar in Oxford. Now we'll go to uh, Chance Campbell, technically on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. So hang out. And uh, watch with uh, with us here as we will come back and talk a little after that. At this point, it's former Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell joins us here on a visit with Chance Campbell, presented by the Rogue, the Rogue forty four fifty I fifty five North in Jackson, or the Rogue dot com, where you can get uh, pullovers like the one that Chance is wearing now, hats like the one I'm wearing, and lots of other stuff too. Um, the great college collection that they have there Ole Miss stuff Mississippi State Alabama LSU Auburn whatever for the person in your life looking for a uh, birthday present Valentine's Day present stuff like that they've got a a great selection of all that at the Rogue also all the latest from all the name brands so uh, check them out at uh, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or the Rogue.com Chance how are you I'm good how you doing I'm good so um we, we could talk about the Sugar Bowl and stuff. It probably w- didn't go the way that you wanted it to go, and but that's that's life. Matt Corral gets hurt in the, the first quarter, and 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 I'm, I'm sure the the plan changed a little bit at that point. Just from your uh, your experience, I guess, did you go into that game sort of thinking in the back of your mind, this might be my last college game? 
Um, yeah, actually, so I wanted to make a decision, um, like when I was at home for Christmas and tried to, and then I kept kind of teetering, going back and forth and then just decided to kind of put it on pause because what I didn't want to do is, you know, like be in the week or into the game, like thinking about that. So if if I was going to play again, if I was going to come back, I didn't want that clouding my judgment. If I thought I was going to leave, I didn't want to put too much pressure on the game anyway. So I really hadn't decided till. I think I probably made a final decision like Sunday, Monday after the game. You guys defensively at the beginning of the year, and I talked to some of you about it during the Sugar Bowl week. I mean, you guys had a week in fairly early October where you give up 676 yards and 51 points. If I told you that day that by the end of the season, you guys would be as good as you were defensively, would you have believed it, honestly? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the, that's the fun part is like I – I knew how close we were because we spent so much time in the building. Um, and as strong as we finished this season, like if you, uh, if we would have had it again, I, I don't have much doubt that we'd finish even stronger than what we did because we, we had all the right stuff in place. And I know from an outside perspective, sometimes it's tough to see. And you hear that a lot where it's like, oh, we're close. It's, it's like, yeah, I know they get said a lot, but we, we really were very close. It's like, you know, two, three feet here, you know, communication error here. Like you watch points come off the board. So when we saw what happened, like everything that had happened was fixable. Like it wasn't ever an issue of not having the right guys or not having the right scheme or the coach. Like we had everything in place. It was just kind of like a matter of doing it. So I think, you know, that's that's not a fun stat to get thrown out, you know, 51 points. Um, but I think that was like a good wake-up call for us. And I think that really helped us going forward. Yeah, I talked to a bunch of guys that said they thought that was kind of the turning point, really, that next day or two after that game, guys went into the facility and were like, we, we're close, but we got to get there. We got to, we just got to, not that it was like, maybe just sharpen focus a little bit, just, just prepare just a little bit more, just think, just to think about it just a little bit more. And then boom, it kind of happened. Yeah. No, I think it, that's the, that's the cool part is it wasn't, you know, like I think guys maybe kind of turn it up just a little bit, but that's, you know, we weren't lacking before and there wasn't like a crazy difference out there. It was just, it was a lot of just the small things. It's like coming down to communication. Like if everybody's playing the same defense, I mean, we had, I mean, we had some really good guys on that, on that, on that defensive front and in the back end. And like we had the people and we knew what we had to do. So a lot of it was just getting on the same page and understanding our own jobs as well as like kind of jobs next to us so that we were comfortable doing what we had to do. I know uh, obnoxious reporters like me asked you about your decision right after the game, um, primarily because I just thought I had to. That's doing my job. I, I expected the answers that I got from both you and Snoop Connor, but I needed to do it because otherwise people come at me and go, you guys don't ever ask tough questions. It's like, well, I, I did. I asked. And you, yeah. <laughs> you knew what the answer would be. So the game ends and you leave New Orleans and I assume you went kind of went back home for a couple of days. Um Take me through the the decision when you realize, okay, I've, I've got to make a decision here. There is actually a deadline. I'm either going to declare for the NFL or I'm going to come back for another season of college football. Yeah, it was um, it was actually kind of tricky. We had my my parents were were great, and they for I mean a whole host of reasons. But um, who I'm about to talk about, they came to a lot like every one of my games for the most part, um, and so they flew a lot and they had a lot of flight issues, and it, it ended that way too. My parent my parents. My family, my girlfriend actually got stuck in New Orleans. Um, so like I play I wanted to like sit down, talk it, talk it through with them and and go all the way down like in person. And they were stuck in New Orleans 
for an extra day. So a lot of it happened like by phone and FaceTime and we're just talking through it. And um, thankfully they ended up getting home, but like we kind of had made a decision. I want to say it was so Sunday happened. It was probably like probably Monday is when I kind of like, you know, I thought about it and talked to them a lot and kind of come to that. And then they ended up getting home Monday night. So like we kind of got together with, they got home late. We just talked, kind of enjoyed it for a second, and then kind of went on the back half of the process trying to get everything in order, like, on that end. You know, I sensed talking to you, and I told you at the beginning I wasn't going to bother you about it. We didn't talk about it, you and I, but maybe a couple of times for just a few seconds. But I always sensed that you were probably going to leave and, and go to the NFL because that was your dream, and, and you'd sort of achieved what you were going to achieve. But how difficult was it ultimately to – kind of pull the trigger on it because I know you're a really thoughtful person and you put a lot of uh, I think you put a lot of emphasis into process and including the way you prepare the way you think all of those things but I could sense that there was also the emotional side of this there wasn't just the pragmatic side there was kind of an emotional side about what is it that I really want to do yeah it was it was really hard and it was it's kind of funny because if I mean, I, I talked to some of my family about it. Um, my brothers, my sister, mom, and dad. Like, depending on which day I talked to them, I remember, I remember being home right after, uh, right after Thanksgiving. I was pretty sure I was going to come back. Like, I was going to stay. And I was talking about like what that would look like. My, my mom was like, "Did you make a decision?" And I was like, uh, "No." Like, I just, <laughs> but like I, I was talking as if I had already made a decision, and then. You know, like fast forward a week, and I'm I'm talking about what life would look like if I were to declare. And my dad's like, "So are you set?" And I was like, "No, I just uh, I was thinking this road." So like, it was it was difficult. I like teetered back and forth, and like I ended up putting everything on paper, and I thought that it would be super clear when I did that, and still struggled. And um, I just kind of like I like making a decision and then and then going forward, but I had a certain amount of time. Coach Durkin was actually really helpful. He was like, look, when, whenever you have a hard decision, like you have like X amount of time, get all the information that you can and then use that time. Um, and then at some point in that process, like you'll, at some point you'll know. And it's always like a frustrating thing when people say, they're like, oh, you're just going to know it. Like when you don't, you're like, all right, well, when that, when's that going to come? Because I'm really unsure right now. And then eventually everything clears up and, you know, you get to a point where you're happy with the decision and then you kind of just make it and don't look back. So if I don't ask a couple of these tough questions, people will yell at me for going soft on you. So I'm going to ask a couple of, quote, tough questions here. Your, your, your brother was coming out of um, um, prep school. I, I, think he's, I think he's committed. Is he, has he committed to Virginia Tech? Is, the, is that done? No, he hasn't committed yet. Okay. He's there, still figuring through things. To, to this point, he hasn't had a, a scholarship offer from Ole Miss. Had he had a scholarship offer, would that have changed the game for you at all? No, and that's that's the hard thing. Like I, I mean, I I don't know. I've talked about this before. I love my family more than anything in this world. Um, but my brother would be mad at me if I had made a decision based off of that. And so it was really tough going through this process, trying to, you know, like because the idea of playing football with him that that was hard for me because we actually missed an opportunity to do that. I was in seventh grade. And I think about it pretty often. Um, like how cool that would have been to play. We played basketball with each other when we were younger, and that was like some of the most fun I had playing sports. We just have funny stories of things taken too seriously from when we were eight, <laughs> nine, ten years old. But like, sure, of course. During that time, it must have been life or death. But um, So I thought about that a lot, but I, I wouldn't want to make a decision based off of that 
because you know I just that's not how he would want me to do it. It's not how I think I should do it. But it was definitely hard to kind of try to separate those things. Then the other, of course, is you're very close with DJ Durkin. It was one of the connections that that got you to Ole Miss, I think. And um, you know, you knew uh, at least there were reports that had come out before the Sugar Bowl that he was being pursued by Texas A and A and M. He ultimately took that job as the defensive coordinator there. Did did his departure play any role at all into your decision? No, and that's actually kind of the fun part is so I think I've talked to you about like deleting Twitter and Instagram. So I hadn't seen those things. So when I think I was in the the post game interview at um uh, after the Sugar Bowl when they were. Uh, I think Coach Kiffin was asked questions about reports of Dirk and getting interest. And I like, I don't know, I don't know if I made a face. I'd have to look at it. But I remember looking <laughs> at me like, huh. And then after the game, season was finished. So I redownloaded my stuff and looked at it. And then um, I think my dad and my brother had sent me over a, a screenshot. And it was after I had made my decision, but it was funny because I was like, oh, I guess like that was confirmation that. I think I was making the right right decision. So I didn't know it on the on the front end, but it was funny to see it on the back end and be like, all right, I think that was a good thing. So when you look back on this year, um, and we talked about it a lot over the course of the fall that the pandemic was going on. You 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 kind of made you didn't kind of make, you made a decision sort of sight unseen. Um when you look back on this year at Ole Miss, how do you I know it's it's still really fresh, and so you probably haven't had a complete amount of time to process it and put it to a soundtrack or whatever in your mind. But when you think back to it, how do you think you'll remember this year? It was probably one of the most fun years I had playing football. So I had, um, I mean, playing college football was awesome. I had a, I had a great time at Maryland, like have experiences there. And I'm like hold close, which from like a winning perspective, I, I won more games here in one year than I did in three years at Maryland. So just like, never lost at Ball Hemingway Stadium. So, like, that's really cool to feel like a true home field advantage. And, you know, the SEC experience is just a little different. Everyone kind of told me that. And, like, each week in the SEC, I saw reasons as to why that was true. Um, and then got to play with a lot of really great dudes. Like, some of the guys here, I like, some of the best teammates I played with. Um, and then coaching-wise, got to get coached by, like, some really, really great men. And then got to spend a lot of time with Coach Jerkin, who I've, talked about and I think super highly of um so I just have like the experience here was it was awesome so that's why I was just like really cool to just I mean I only got good things to say which is just like that's rare I think yeah I told your dad this on Saturday um it was kind of fun because I, mean, I grew up in the south I've lived in you know Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama and I've covered Auburn and Ole Miss and all, all, my whole life has kind of been the SEC and it's been fun to sort of see the craziness through a new person's eyes, you know, a little bit, because it just, I don't know, like, you know, talking to your dad and talking to you, it was, it was kind of funny to see just kind of the reaction to, man, these people, it's fun, and they mean this in a good way, but we're kind of nuts about this, you know, I mean, the whole the whole college football thing, and you got to, you know, it, it was always, always just kind of enjoyed your perspectives on whether it was a the, the Grove or, or your first trip to Auburn or Tuscaloosa or whatever. I just always thought it was kind of funny to get your reaction to, some of the nuttiness of it all yeah even even smaller things so i don't i can't really describe so even though i have now spent a lot of time in Ole Miss, i can't really describe the campus super well but um off of old taylor i lived in the in the flats like that was the apartment that i stayed in and there i guess there's a rec center like a um Ole Miss rec center and there's a parking lot across from it but i guess that's where they park the rvs and so you see 
Like I want to say it was after the AM game. Um, I was actually I went home with my so my family was there. They were staying with me in the apartment, so it was a little crowded. But we were trying to get some food after the game, and I we couldn't go anywhere because everything was like directed one way. So I mean, this was two hours after the game, and like couldn't get anywhere because it was one way. And so we ended up taking like the back road, and we saw the RV park, like, and it was just like I mean there must have been twenty RVs, like big souped up nice ones, and. I was like, oh, shoot, I guess they've been camped out for a while. Came back the next morning, like, to go into the facility and drove the back way again, and, like, probably 15 of them still there. Like, so it was just – I just remember talking to them. It was like, that's wild. Like, this is not a one-day event. This is a, like, weekend, week-long deal. Just, like, just another example of, like, things being different. Smaller, but it's just, like, things that I don't remember. So uh, you're – we're talking right now you're in Florida. Tell me about um... – what you have planned between now and, and the NFL draft? Yeah, just um, training. So it's a lot of it. You just kind of, kind of put your head down. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happen between now and then. Um, but you really only control so much of it. So, like, one of the things that you control of is how much work you put in. So you just kind of put your head down. And, you know, you get to be in these crazy facilities where they have these super detailed plans and they have these, this personnel grouping that takes care of pretty much everything you would need. So, there's not a whole lot of thinking that goes into it. You don't have to, you don't have to do too much thinking. You just kind of have to show up on time and and work. So, that's kind of the fun part. It's like your job now. So that's kind of what I got planned for the next couple of months. So you've proved people wrong in football for a long time. I know it's just part of probably part of the chip on the shoulder that that you're pretty humble about. But I, I know it's there. The NFL people, it, it, there's always the well, he's maybe he's a step slow or he's not quite big enough or, or all of that stuff. Um, what is the one or two things that you think you sort of have to show in combine settings, which is not football, by the way, in, in combine settings to sort of erase some of those doubts? Yeah, I think um, that's definitely one of them. They talked about it's a speed thing. That's It's funny to me because um, it's just always interesting how those things arrive. But, you know, if um, – the tape isn't the athletic display that they'd like to see. It's I'm excited because I think that that's something that I can kind of disprove and dispel. So definitely the, the 40 is always a big deal for linebackers. Um, so I think that's something that I'm going to have to work on. And then, you know, it's, it's always interesting to see the dynamic of what people try to critique or try to try to praise. So like the size thing has always been an issue. And I just also find that interesting because, you know, 6'3", 235, like that's, I would, I'd like to say that's, you know, one of the good size backer, you know, and then if I'm 245, then I'm probably going to be too slow. So, um, but I think. A lot Where of does that things, stuff come from? I mean, is it, is it media created? Cause it's not just media, right? I mean, it, it gets, it kind of gets churned into the, into the football realm and it becomes a reality, whether it is or not. It's, it's like people are like, well, he's undersized. And I'm like, well, he's the same size as a lot of people who play linebacker in the nfl but yet that stereotype or that that yeah that tag gets put on you and man it, it's like gets super glued on you from a media scouting perspective a little bit until you're somehow able to rip it away i guess yeah i um i'm not really sure too because there's been this there's been this change in the league where they wanted 255 pound linebackers but you know, I don't think they could touch both sidelines of the field without you know getting gassed so like now the now the mold is you know, guys who are a little bit lighter, they run a little bit better. Um, so I, I think that's something that I do well. I think I can cover sideline to sideline. So it's it's interesting to see where the speed thing comes from and the size deal. I I don't know. I actually got labeled at 240 
So I was, I was 240 before I came down, um, played the season around 235. But, you know, one guy weighs 240, he's a big backer, another guy's 240, 235, and he's small. So I'm not really sure where that comes from. But the thing that's always been kind of encouraging to me is, um, you know, I, I don't like when I'm playing, they're not like, oh, he didn't make that play because he's too light. And I don't think I've had a lot of those. And I don't think I've missed plays because I'm too slow. So I think a lot of my plays have been, you know, I guess I'm a smart linebacker and I diagnose plays well. So I guess I'm not athletic. I just <laughs> pick things yeah. up well. You, so. get, you get tagged as cerebral. And I'm like, man, he's, yeah. he's hitting big people that are running really fast. I mean, there's more to it than yeah. than being cerebral. But I don't know. It, it I'm always amused by it. I mean, it. it we in the media were terrible about it. We tag people. We we create a storyline, and by God, there's no deviating from it. You 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 yeah. just, you just stay on it, and even when it's proven false, it, I mean, I, you see that in all sorts of things beyond just sports. It's it's just a it's a real media negative. It drives me nuts that you can't change over time. Like you'll see you'll see them say that a quarterback, for example, like he can't. He can't read defenses, and then two years later, he's reading defenses, and they're like, "Well, he still he doesn't he didn't used to read defenses well." I'm like, well, he was 19. I mean, he he got better over time. That that was the point. And yeah, but man, we put a label on somebody, and that's that. Well, I think the I think the good news for that, and something that it, it was hard for me, especially when I was younger, because I was like, I was like, no, you guys think that like that's what I am, and, and it used to bug me, but. Now it doesn't. I'd like, yeah, I'd be lying if I say I don't hear some of those things and try to stack a chip on. And that's, you know, I think that's part of who I am. I think that's served me well to this point. But the other part is I had some great advice one time. It's you can't take the, you can't accept praise from people you wouldn't accept criticism from. And so sometimes when I see the things that people say, I'm like, oh no, they're, they're wrong. Well, I, you can't do that. And then when someone says something nice, be like, yeah, they're right. <laughs> so I just, the, the easiest way is just to block it all out. Like at the end of the day, the only thing that I really care about, you know, other than all the stuff off the field is, you know, how, how do I play? And if I, if I play well, then all those things can hold true and sure. But if I don't play well, then that's what that is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's really about play. And that's something that for the most part, I'm under control. Like I have under control and how people see that. I don't know, if I go out and run a run a crazy forty, then people go look back and they're, oh, he played, you know, he, he's super fast and athletic. And if I go out and I run a really poor forty, then it's, oh, he's unathletic. He's just really cerebral. So it didn't really change what ended up happening on the field. So to me, a lot of that used to really stress me out, and I just kind of put my head down, work as hard as I can, let the chips fall where they do. Well, I, th- I know people know this by now about you because we've done I don't know thirteen or fourteen of these, and people have gotten to know you as a as a a person other than, you know, the guy in a, in a uniform every, every Saturday, which I think is one of the cool things about this. It's, um, you know, as media access has been sort of cut off over the years, I've, I've never once in my entire career argued for access. I've never said, Oh, you guys should let us have more access. But I have told people in media relations and stuff. I'm like, you know, you, you want the fans to get to know the guys on the field as people, not just football robots but as people and, and uh, they've gotten to know you. And, and the one thing that's, that's very clear is no matter what does or doesn't happen with your football career, um, you're going to be just fine in the real world. I mean, you're going to, you're going to do great. Uh, I, I wrote this in 10 thoughts. I told your dad this Saturday. Um, football schedules are busy for people. Um, 
you know, they'll call you and say, hey, we need you in the facility and we need you to come watch this film or do this. Or And then you were a guy that was, you're one of the first guys in, last guys to leave type people anyway. But we kind of scheduled this when you and I started this. And I'm telling this for people out there that know this about you, because um, I, I think when you end up in the NFL, you're going to have a lot of fans down here cheering for whatever team it is that that, that you're with. I was like, hey, man, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know whether I'm ripping you off or you're ripping me off. I have no idea. This NIL thing was brand new, and I didn't really know how this would kind of go. Because, you know, we talked a couple of times, but I'm like, I don't know what he's like. Is he going to show up on time? Is he going to cancel on me? And there were two or three times that you had to reschedule, but you always were so incredibly conscientious about it, about, hey, can I move this back 30 minutes? Can we go 30 minutes earlier? And it was always cool because – since the pandemic hit, my schedule is like live in this room. And so it was like, yeah, that's no problem. But uh, I was always so impressed with it. Um, you, you, you got a, uh, you, you'll do, you'll do incredibly well in life. There's no doubt about that. And hopefully for you, that includes a, a career in the NFL, because I know that's a dream of yours, but, um, and I certainly hope it happens, but in the, whatever happens, you're going to be fine because you've got, uh, and I think people have gotten to see that from you. You've got life skills that, frankly, a lot of people your age or my age don't, don't have. And so you'll, you'll do really well. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And this has been, it's been really cool. Cause I, I mean, I, like you said, you live in, in your room, I lived in the facility and then in, in my room. So I didn't really get out too much. So it's, it's been cool to kind of kind of show myself to the Oxford community. Cause I didn't really get a shot to do that living through this. So it's been really fun. Well, listen, best of luck to you. Um, I'm sure, I guess you'll probably be back in Oxford for your pro day, probably sometime in March is my guess. So uh, I look forward to seeing you then. Um, but uh, good luck. Stay healthy. And um, like I said, I know things will work out. And hopefully uh, hopefully the NFL sees what uh, I think a lot of people have seen watching you play at, at Ole Miss over the last 13 games. And, and I'm, I'm glad this worked out for us the way it did. I'm glad you had the season that you had. And um, I told your dad this, and I'll, I'll say it publicly here. I, I've, I'm a big fan. So – I hope it really. Uh, I hope it works out the way that uh, that you dreamed it would. So, uh, thanks again for all the time over the course of the season. I know the people at the Rogue are very appreciative. It's been real successful for them too. So, um, again, thanks for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, Chance. Talk to you soon. All right. That was Chance Campbell, of course. Um, good luck to him as he gets into uh, the the I guess the grind of of getting ready to go. I thought for him he made the right decision, Chase. I mean, I, I know almost people would have loved to see him come back. I would have selfishly loved to have seen him come back because we could have run it back another year. It was it was a really successful piece of content. But he he's healthy right now. The risk mm-hmm. you take if you come back for a year and you blow a knee out or damage a shoulder, you know, football ha- injuries happen. And then you don't get a chance to chase that dream. That's kind of... It made made a ton of sense. Yeah, sure. I mean, somebody mentioned the thing from a one year guy and what he did. It's hard to find many more likable from a from a fan base standpoint, just a program standpoint, than than, than Chance Campbell. So, they're a remarkably good family. I've gotten to know his dad a little bit, and um, I've read stuff about his brother. And I mean, he, there's they're all successful. They it's gonna be all right. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be okay whenever he's gonna does. Be okay. It's gonna be it's gonna, it's gonna be all right. So, uh, we'll talk some basketball in a second. Uh, but we did that. I tell you about Northeast Spark N E S P 
ARC, that's, that's uh, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Forge Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender if you uh, if you need that as well. So call the office for details. And again, get the uh, best internet here in Lafayette County, 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, get in touch with Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, get in touch with the people at Southern at 662-429-4429. Also brought to you by Landman's Fine Jewelry in Oxford. Valentine's Day is, what, about a month and four days away? Correct. It's the uh, it's the hallmarkish of Hallmark holidays, and a lot of people expect something on Valentine's Day, and so you got to take care of that. Highly recommend uh, Lamons, eleven twenty six North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for about seventy five years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. So get in touch. With Alan and Nancy King and the people at Lamons at LamonsFindJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Also brought to you by the College Corner at One Stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's uh, next to Fleet Feet in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to CollegeCornerStore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They've got the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Podcast also brought to you by Nick's Tan and Associates, nickstanoxford.com, 662-281-1200 for either side of the home buying process here in Lafayette County, the buy side, the sell side. I've used them multiple times. Give them a chance as well. Clay DeWeese, Keith Graham, their team of associates, people you can trust in the real estate business. So again, here in the Oxford area, if you're looking for your new home, trying to sell a home, 662-281-1200 or nickstanoxford.com. Um, along those lines, I assume still uh, kind of waiting on a decision from Chris Kiffin whenever he uh, decides what he's doing as far as joining the Ole Miss staff. We believe that uh, he has an offer that he can take. We'll see where that goes. Uh, it, it was not – yesterday, last I heard, he had not made a decision. He thought within a day or two probably would do that. But, you know, leaving the NFL is a, is a, is a, is a thing that – it's tough to do from a pitching standpoint. You you get those jobs, especially with him, where he's got that second job. Yep, that's uh that that means you've got a job for a long time, and getting out and then trying to get back in is a complicated process. So uh, I understand why Chris is taking some time for uh for this one. Well, and the quality higher salary here, but quality of life, frankly, you're not recruiting is better for a NFL assistant than it is a college assistant. Yeah. There's just no question about it. People can talk all you want. It's a it's a it's a more professional setting. It's a more of a professional workload. Now, the season itself is a grind. But you're not out recruiting. You're not doing photo shoots with 16-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. You work with men. And it's different. And I, You and I talked about this yesterday. I mean, the people that I know that have gotten into the NFL, they don't really want to leave. They like it. It's It's – the ones that leave are the ones wired for the college game. Yeah, and that happens. And Chris was a very, very good recruiter, and so it might he might miss he might that. be wired. He might that. miss that part of it. I don't know the chase. I, if you I've will. not spoken to Chris since Covington, Kentucky, when he was there for the NCAA hearing. 
So it's been a while. You and Billy Bob and the parrot and <laughs> yeah, the whole deal. Who was, well, was there? It was me and the parrot. It wasn't Billy Bob, was it? What was it? Uh, Billy Boy. Billy Boy. It was, uh, what, what was his name? It was JHV. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to dox him, even though it's no. all over the internet. Who else was there, though? What are the media? Was there more? Ben Garrett was there, I think. Okay. Wasn't Ben there? I don't remember. I can't remember. Because you're just sitting in the lobby. Yeah. Oh, I got up early. I went to the workout room. I'd work out, and then I'd go sit. Down in... And at first, they didn't want us sitting there. The hotel people didn't. Then after a while, they were like, well, we we get it. So go ahead. And you'd wait for someone to come out of the room, and you'd just sort of attack them. Attack them is about right. Hey, yeah, you had to chase them down. Kind of some old school reporting, too. You figure out who knows something, who can you meet later, who can you talk to, what can you do. Yeah. Um, had plenty of time to kill, plenty of time to make some calls. So. Well, and most of my sourcing I had to talk to yeah. after everything was well, that's over. That's what I was. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, it was it was an interesting few days. And then it ended all of a sudden. And I was like, well, there's no point going all the way home to turn around and go to California. So I just flew to Chicago and saw the Cubs play a couple of games. <laughs> it was great. It was like a little vacation for myself. It was a more pleasant experience around Chicago than the previous time you and Chris were in the same place for the draft that night. So uh, That's true. You, you know, it, it's been, <laughs> That's true. It's been a little bit of a better one. Uh, so, all right, Ole Miss 82, State 72, men's basketball on Saturday here in Oxford. The Rebels just red hot. They uh, hit their first five shots of the game. Matthew Morrell goes for 31. He was 10 of 11 from the field. He was 5 of 5 from three. He was 6 of 6 from the stripe. He was uh, incredibly dominant and just took over that game against the Bulldogs. Ole Miss as a team shooting 51% from the field. They shot 48% from three. At one point, they were 10 of 15 from three, but they finished 11 of 23 and then 13 of 18 from the stripe, winning by 10 despite not having a field goal the last 320 of the, of the game. Ruffin kicked in 17 points. He was active. He looked really, really good on a Saturday night. Brooks ended up with 15. Brakefield ended up with 15. I mean, it was kind of a, a four-man show there. For, uh, for Ole Miss that moves to 1-1 one and one in the SEC. Big week here for them. Just standpoint of trying to build off that a little bit, if nothing else. I mean, still got tons of work in a thousand different ways. But had a big night. You knew Kermit would have them up for the Bulldogs. Um, I said they've kind of dominated that series a little bit over the uh, the past few years. They get A&M tomorrow and then a huge home game against Auburn on Saturday night. 7.30 start for, uh, for that one. But Morrell Mar- Mar- and Ruffin together. They look really, really good doing all that pretty much without Jarkel Joyner. I'm mean, gonna have to pull it up here, but he did not play very many minutes. I know he played a little bit. Um, yeah, only six minutes for Jarkel. So they did all that with, with very limited Jarkel Joyner on Saturday. Yeah, he he's got a back injury that really prevented him from doing much of anything. Uh, he, he was doubtful that morning. We got a text from uh, Tyler Wooten with media relations that he was doubtful, and then he went through shoot around and felt better, and so they gave it a go. But he couldn't do much, and I think it tightened up on him at halftime because I don't think he played at all in the second half. Look, I wrote about this. They've got these three highly recruited young players that they've been able to win recruiting battles, Deshaun Ruffin and Jamin Brakefield after he went to Duke for a year, and, and Matt Morrell. And they actually formed the nucleus of a good team. Now they got to play like they played the other night, but – Matt's starting to play with a lot of confidence. Matt was highly recruited, was was viewed as a scorer coming out of high school. 
He was inconsistent as a freshman. And now, I mean, he's the guy. Does he have the talent to be the dude? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, he's he, I mean, he's a great-looking player. He does a lot of things really well. And I think Ruffin's better than people thought he was going to be. I, I had my doubts just because he's small. That cat is quick. Mm-hmm. He can do things with the basketball. He's a lot of fun. I mean, he was going up against a very good SEC point guard in Molinar. You think what you want about State. Now, State's, State's talented. State's now. a good team. That is a talented team. And, and Molinar is a tough dude. And Deshaun kind of got the best of him on uh, Saturday night. And then, look, Brakefield's not the elite prospect that he was hyped up to be. But he's a very good player. He plays with good angles and he does things. And when he gets dialed in, and that for him has been the challenge, he's kind of the guy that will take plays off. Loses his intensity for a minute, but when he's dialed up, and he's had to be since Robert Allen went down, he's important to them. It, it, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is some NCAA tournament team because the, the damage is done. Frankly, they've already lost what six games, five games. They're eight. They're nine and five. Yeah, um, they're nine and five, and and their their net as of yesterday morning was one eleven. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the odds of them getting to the tournament are not good, but. They're fun. They have a chance to be fun. They have a chance, but they've got to play at a super high level. At the moment, it was just one game. Because, frankly, they had 27 turnovers against Tennessee, and Tennessee was trying to give them a game in Knoxville. They would have, hey, 2-0 in the league, and suddenly, hey, see what what happens. But it's a whole different – I mean, 10-4 at 2-0 would be a whole different conversation right now. sure. Um, You'd have a win – because Tennessee's net – Yesterday morning was 11. You'd have a super huge on the road win. Quality yeah. win. As it is, you go to Texas A&M on Tuesday night. They're 65, so it's a chance to get a top 75 road net. And then Auburn comes to town on Saturday, and Auburn's net as of sat- Sunday was six. Sunday, so you got sorry. chances, but I mean, like. You'd I, have to go on a as I, run. Yeah, I wrote this in 10 Thoughts. You have no margin for error at all. I mean, you are, you're like going up the mountain. And there's no guardrail at all. And at times the path is super tight and good luck. But if you enjoy watching a young team, and, fun. I, and I'm not going to do this deal where, oh, well, it's a young team. But nope, no. Nope. It's he, college basketball. It's yeah. his fourth year. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a young team, but he also has veterans. I mean, Brooks is 25 years old. But, you know, it's. They do have another high-quality recruit coming into the program, the, the the big kid from – I think he's from Georgia. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head right now. We'll see. When they are playing well, they are really fun. I think that's the obvious thing about them is they they, they can be an incredibly fun team because of Morrell and Ruffin. And, I mean, yeah, Ruffin's got a chance to, to, to be – dynamic and a, and a fan favorite as long as he's here. I mean, it's, oh, it's, sure. he's, he's pretty special from that standpoint. Sure. Because um, he did. I mean, he was all up in that dude's grill for most of the game on Saturday night. What did, um, did Deshaun shoot? We'll look and see what his numbers five were. Five of 13. Five of 13, three of eight from three, four of six at the line. Yeah. Um, eight assists. Four turnovers. Yeah. Didn't No rebounds. That's okay. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, he had three steals as well. I mean, because they did all that getting nothing out of – Luis Rodriguez. It was a pretty clean game because State only had 10 turnovers. Ole Miss only had 11. It was actually a fairly entertaining game. That Neither team, 
the fouls weren't out of control. Ole Miss had 17 fouls. State had 12. So you didn't have – it wasn't like a free-throw shooting competition. It's one of my criticisms sometimes of of the of um, college basketball is it just becomes a free-throw game. State was 9 of 13 from the line. Ole Miss was 13 of 18 from the line. Those are those – are, from a from a watchability standpoint, that made it pretty watchable. Yeah, Ole Miss led for 37-12 of the 40 minutes. Um, State had a brief lead there for 152 of game time. So, yeah, it was good. Um, there was a lot more people there than I thought would be because I left the house at like 7 o'clock thinking I'll be there. No, And I was stuck in traffic for a while. It's a good crowd. I blamed you for that. Did you? you were like, only, there's not going to be anybody there. It was good. It was good. It was a good crowd. And I'm sitting there in bumper to bumper going, going Yeah, actually, no. Screw that. you, Chase. <laughs> there were people there. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually got I got to my seat right as the game was starting, so it was all good. Stopped me from stopping and visiting with all of my media friends like I normally would. How many did the state contingent? You know, I didn't have over? I didn't see many. I talked I know to Logan Lowry was there because he works for the team. Yeah, I talked but. to Logan. Um was that it? No, it was like there was so no there, actual media. I, I didn't see many. Um, apparently, Howland is very COVID conscious. Okay. They've got a pretty light group. So yeah, it's there's really it was no reason to because it was going to be a Zoom. The, I mean, there's nothing special about them. I'm not saying they're even average, but I will say compared to what I did think, states. Uh, uniforms with just the state of the cross the front is starting to grow on me a little bit the more I see you know it. what I liked that uniform the other night yeah. it, was a, it was a good look I'm starting look to kind of be okay with that uniform yeah um, it's it's for anybody who did not watch the game it's exactly the same as the hoodie leech wears with state across the front of it um yeah I thought it was a good uniform it was good it was, it was, it was a good uniform game yeah it's fine yeah it's fine uh, around the league, elsewhere on uh, on Saturday, Auburn uh, continuing to roll eighty five seventy three over the Gators there at Auburn Arena on uh, on Saturday. Auburn's really good. Bad loss for Alabama. They uh, lose on the road yep. against Missouri ninety two eighty six. Missouri now just seven and seven, and they they only won by six, but they dominated that basketball game on uh, on Saturday. Alabama's problem, Chase, is when you're giving up ninety two points and you're so reliant on offense. Yeah. When the shots don't fall. You score, 86, you score 86 points in a college basketball and games and lose. Mm. Kentucky, uh, as we said, was going to get healthy, and they did. They uh, knock off Georgia 92-77 in Lexington. It was kind of close for a half, and then uh, the Wildcats walked off from them. They're in the second half, 12-3 and for the uh, for the Cats. 79-67 LSU over Tennessee. Tennessee showing a little bit of weirdness here yeah. right now, but uh, LSU's good. They winning there at uh, at PMAC 79-67. South Carolina beating Vanderbilt in a game of a bunch of blah, 72-70 there in Nashville. And then uh, the team that really is kind of odd right now, the Arkansas Razorbacks losing again. It was in College Station. It's not a bad loss, but they've uh, they've struggled the last few weeks. A&M 86-81. A&M's over. won like eight in a row. Have they? Yeah, they're 3-0 and in the league. 13-2 yeah, and two overall. Buzz Williams' teams win. Yeah, I mean, look. I know they've been a little whatever, but he's not. He knows how to get it done. It's yeah, gonna, it's going to be well, all right. He's, he's a good coach. You know, they they kind of struggled when they had that top ten pick a couple years ago. What was it? What was that guy's name? I can't remember. Okay, but was it Robert Williams? That does sound pretty familiar. Now, where's he at? Uh, is he still with Celtics? I think he's in the league. Okay, 
I mean, you could tell you, you could say any team, and I would go, yeah, sure, sounds good. <laughs> See a Thunder, yes. See a Laker, yes. He's not a Thunder. See a Buck, yes, absolutely. That's where he's at. Sounds good. So that's uh, that's where kind of where it's at. Again, Ole Miss knocking off uh, the Bulldogs. Didn't play well. They played incredibly well. We'll see what Tuesday brings. They are uh, at A&M for a 7.30 start again on Tuesday, so three straight 7.30 tips. This one on SEC Network mm-hmm. um, on a night where the only other game that is of incredible note is uh, it's a big one. It is in Tuscaloosa. They are getting a visit from the Auburn Tigers on Tuesday night. So yeah. Auburn, Alabama, 8 o'clock for, uh, for that one. Williams is in Boston still, by the way. Okay, we got you. There you go. Are they going to? Uh, is this where they do the commissioner's trophy or whatever? They they give out the. Uh, because Alabama won. Yeah, they would do it. Yeah, in Tuscaloosa. But now they just keep it though. I guess so. I, I, so how I, does that work? I don't remember the pomp and circumstance of it. But they will have a ceremony, correct? Yeah, but I mean Alabama plays a pretty big football game tonight, so I'm not sure they really care about the commissioner's trophy. Unless it's just to completely rub it in tomorrow night. We win tonight and then win tonight and bring out Saban and stuff tomorrow night and just. But is it? I'm trying to remember. Are the coaches even out there, or is it just the student body presidents? Just the student body president, but sometimes the team's been out there. Okay, I've seen the teams, players and stuff, out there. Bug is too strong, but there's something about that tradition that I don't like. It kind of gets on my nerves. I have no real reason, but. It just seems kind of dumb. Why are we prolonging it? Why are we making it a deal? I don't know. I is don't, it to try to keep chaos from the game? Because you're not – I don't know. I mean, what's the – You know, as many Iron Bowls as I've covered, I should know the answer to this question, but I don't. You say you worked in that state for a decade. I'm just kind of curious. I've man. covered a lot of Iron Bowls, and I, I I don't know. You're not really sure why they why they do that? I don't know why there's no trophy, or there is a trophy, but the trophy doesn't happen until basketball season. I've never – I guess I just figured it was one of those oddities that just stuck around. And it's the way we've always done it, so we're going to continue to do it that way. It's kind of like Valentine's Day. We just do it. Well, some people are really into Valentine's Day. <laughs> see from the stream here. <laughs> yeah. No offense. I appreciate you every day. Yeah, sure. Um, Mostly women that go, no, it's a great holiday, though, right? It's not the men going, oh, yeah, let me tell you. Valentine's Day is where it is at. I'm all in. You're a, I know you. You're a big Valentine's big Day. Big Hallmark holiday guy. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like Mother's Day or Father's Day. So you're going to pick this one day of the year to be like, hey, Mom, I love you? You're right, but I will give more of a pass on those two. That's a little different. But shouldn't you always kind of like? Well, you should. But I don't. I don't mind the emphasis on that because you're not – so this is the one day you're going to call your dad? No. But on Mother's Day, there's never the it, it, the moms are not all getting together on Facebook and going, "Well, I got chocolates and a bear and flowers and <laughs> well, some, no, that's true and some jewelry." That's true. There's no Facebook. Competition. It, no, it's not an arms race on Mother's Day. <laughs> there's no Instagram competition yes. on Mother's Day. It's a good point. Fair enough. And yes, the the, the 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 prefix menu is also the the enemy of good. Like it, it's terrible. Yeah, because if you go to a restaurant, part of going to the restaurant is the menu. If, if, so if they tell you here, you're here is what you're having tonight. Isn't that kind of what, what you do at home? Yeah, because you feel like you're at a wedding, chicken or steak. Like, <laughs> no, I just <laughs> only because I mean, frankly. Looking at menus, if you're like out somewhere and you know you're going to be like on the road during New Year's or something, it's like one of the more like if you there's a restaurant you really like, 
and you look and you go, oh hell, it's the it's the preset menu. Yeah, I was looking forward to the oysters, but yeah. instead, yeah, I'm choosing beef Wellington or this yes. or whatever, and it's like yes. Speaking of, though, for those of you who love Valentine's Day, we appreciate it, all of you. And let me tell you about Johnson Hill Creamery. JohnsonHillCreamery.com, <laughs> 662-419-9201. They're a Sadie Lady Cheese. They've got some uh, some little heart ladies going on as part of their Valentine's pre-order. More details on that soon. They are uh, open today, 10 to 5. You go by, you can grab some uh, local homemade cheese right there on White Oak Lane off Molly Bar in Oxford. Uh, that is johnsonhillcreamery.com for a full menu. They make all of it in-house, brown dairy farm milk for a lot of it as well. So Johnson Hill Creamery, plenty of different items, 662-419-9201. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. Complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well at GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Brought to you by Pinnacle. Uh, based in Madison, Mississippi, clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. It's uh, mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. If you're uh, thinking about that summer vacation, Oh, you're already thinking about maybe a spring break trip. Whatever the case may be, get in touch with my buddy John Edwards at Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. We're going to be doing a uh, a uh, travel-related podcast here sometime later this month. I'll put up a thread to get your travel questions. Once we get enough of them, I'll get John on. We'll answer them. And uh, that would be a fun kind of off-the-beaten-path uh, off podcast. But if you want to get in touch with John now, give him some parameters. Give him a budget. Uh, he'll give you options you're not going to come up with on your own. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. And we're brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the historic square. Uh, heroes, wraps, kebabs, fresh redfish, lamb chops, and more. Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, candlelit patio, all of that at 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse uh, in Oxford. I'll have a uh, mailbag up later this week. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. What are your goals for the 2022? Does your company need hard-to-find talent to meet those goals? Maybe you're personally seeking a career change. Let this be your year to make the change, and your first step needs to be to contact Service Specialist Employment Agency. They're the oldest employment agency in Mississippi. They recruit in all industries. Remember, there's nothing to lose by reaching out. No cost to you as a candidate. Everything is kept confidential. Service Specialist wishes you and your company a successful 2022. You can contact them at 662 832 5138. And don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves. One smile at a time, Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. Call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. 
So I mentioned a little NFL. The uh, and we'll probably talk about it a little more tomorrow and on Wednesday. But the playoffs are uh, are here. Um, also, the Saints kind of getting nine and eight is really remarkable. Pretty good coaching job by Peyton this year. Uh, starting in the NFC, here's your games this week. The Packers get the bye. They are thirteen and four. They win the tiebreaker. Um, based off best win percentage in conference games against Tampa, so essentially the uh, the Saints kept the Buccaneers from the one seed in the uh, in the NFC. Your uh, opening weekend games in the NFC: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys will host the San Francisco 49ers, and That's the a good game. and the LA Rams will host the Arizona Cardinals. That is your That's a good uh, game. that is your NFC games. And then in the AFC, which to me is actually more fun um, this year, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I mean, I'm definitely an NFC guy. But, is the uh, schedule out yet, by the way? Uh, they are, yes. I'll, go, I'll run through that in a second. Okay, yeah. So Tennessee is the one seed. Um, and then your games for the uh, the weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs will face the Pittsburgh Steelers at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. The uh, Now, that was a blowout the first time around. That was like week one of the season. Is that right? Wasn't that week one? Yeah, we get to. All I know is we get to have one more week of the Roethlisberger stuff. We do. You tired of it? No. There was some disdain in that a little bit. He deserves it. But people, yeah, nothing. Okay. The Buffalo Bills face the New England Patriots. Ooh. In Buffalo, that's yeah, a game. That's that. Yeah. That's a game. Mm. And then your four or five game: the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders in uh, in Cincinnati. Oh, it worked out well for us. <laughs> Yeah, Vegas is like the most unassuming ten and seven team in hit. Well, I mean, we only had one a couple of years of ten and seven, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's, they're fine. They're I got to get tickets to that Bengals Titans divisional playoff game in a week. That's why I got to find those tickets. Those are be hard to get. Well, that's probably true. So both teams would have gotten in had they just tied yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all they had to do was miss a kick. Yeah. If Carlson misses, the Raiders and Chargers are in, and the Steelers are done. Ben Roethlisberger's career ends that night. Would it have changed the? What would have changed the standings? Vegas would have would have gone to the set all the way to the seven. Yeah, so it benefited them to win. I mean, make the kick. You're not worried about the Chargers. Sure, you'd rather play Cincinnati than yeah. Kansas City yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point, I guess. Yeah. Although Joe Burrow might change that. So the coaches that were uh, that were fired, their teams uh, went seven and ten. The Broncos they fired their coach yesterday. Um, the Miami Dolphins were nine and eight as they uh, they fired Flores this morning, and then the uh, Chicago Bears they uh, went six and eleven. Did they win six games? They went six and eleven. Oh wow, that is correct. Yes. Now Joe Judge might get fired today. They went four and thirteen. They suck. They went four and thirteen. They beat the Saints in New Orleans. One you would like to have back. Yeah, it's one. Yeah. Sean Payton. Yeah, yeah. Because had you go ten and seven, it would have been a problem. When Sean Payton's just out for a walk. That's the one that hits him and puts him in the. Even back. more so than blowing the Falcons game. Sure, they just didn't play very well that day. It's kind of whatever. I mean, rivalries in the NFL are kind of whatever. That's not really a thing, but nonetheless, yeah. I, I that that damn Giants game though. I mean, that's a tough one. Oh, I'm. But again, they had no chance. I mean, like it is what it is. It's fine. All right, so your games. Let's see. What's the yeah? Give me, yeah, give me the I'm, schedule. I'm giving it to you. All right, wild card weekend. Because I love NFL playoffs. For whatever reason, it's like my favorite thing. It is. Okay, so we've got a, sa- a Saturday doubleheader. Yeah. At three thirty, uh, Raiders Bengals. 
Oh, cool. At 3.30 on Saturday from Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. The night game that night is New England at Buffalo. Okay. So 7.15 in uh, in Orchard Park. You get, yeah, that's got that. – that, that, yeah, that's right. They, they did that – they handled that well. That's the way you want to do that. So far, I'm – Give me Patriots button bills at night. Let's so do far, the whole I'm totally deal. in. On Sunday, triple header on Sunday. On Sunday, kind of getting this game out of the way. It's the correct schedule. The Eagles and Bucks. That's the noon game. Yeah, that's the noon game. Okay. Get it out of the way. I don't. We we don't care. So that's my t- ten weekend thoughts. Barring an update, I mean an upset, we don't care. No, so no. move on. Okay. And then your three thirty game is San Francisco Dallas. Ooh, done. And, well and then, done. And then your seven fifteen game it's Pittsburgh Kansas City. Uh, yeah, it's perfect because that's I, fine. I'll be tired. I'll be ready to go to bed. And then on Monday night you get Cardinals Rams. Yeah, I'm not crazy from from a viewing standpoint. I would rather that be the Sunday night game and the Steelers Chiefs be the Monday night game. Yeah, I guess so. But this is the first year they've played a playoff game on Monday night. Yeah, I'm not crazy about. And I don't know how it was decided. My hunch is that it's lower seeded teams that they weren't going to make the Chiefs play a Monday night game. And also the for the the Cardinals, that's easy travel. Oh yeah, I mean, it's boom. That's a forty-five minute. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're up and down. Yeah, so it's not affecting it where it's going across the country and right Seahawks and Saints where you're going. If okay, the Cardinals well, were to win the game and turn around and play the next week, it's not like they had to fly across the country. No, and they would be headed to one of those division winners at that point. Yeah, and then after that, it's on you. Oh, well, you're yeah, you're playing. You're in. It, it is what it is. So that's your. Uh, that's your schedule for uh, actually for, next uh, week is the best week. You like the divisional? Oh, round the it's best. the best! It's the best weekend in sp- sports because the games are all legitimately good, almost every time. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cincinnati, I mean, Bengals Titans be a hell of a game if you, if we get that one. So if, we, if it goes by chalk, what's the what's the, the divisional playoffs? It would be Packers Rams. Cowboys. Who's the three? Um, yeah, if it goes chalk, it is um, Titans, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. Yeah, I mean, totally in. And then in the NFC, if it goes chalk, it is Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys. Yeah, 1,000% in on yeah. all of that. Yeah, those are your... Uh, don't yeah. you know the Cowboys? I mean, they look up and see Tom Brady and the Bucks in the playoffs. Oh my God! Go oh, hey. Yeah, no, that's the that's the last person you want to see. From an upset standpoint, that Chiefs Bills game, shoo. And you like the Bills over the Pats? I do. Yeah, yeah. Bills. Bills feel like they're battle tested a little bit now. It's time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time for sure. Huh. I mean, I, the, I think the that's... team that's got Cinderella written all over them this year is the Bengals. You, you, you. They can play. And it feels like they're having that. They have that year where you get in and learn, and then yeah. you get ready. But they're playing with house money this time around. They are. So. They're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they are loaded on offense, and they got everybody off. I mean, Chase called a pass, got out of bounds, didn't play again. Mm-hmm. Bur- I don't even think Burrow was there. The Titans tried to throw up on themselves against the Texans yesterday, but they figured it out in the game. Um, so, okay. 
we will uh, be back tomorrow. We'll obviously discuss whatever happens with college football tonight. We'll look some more at the NFL. We got Ryan. Then, uh, we got, you want to play Ryan and then just go out with that? Oh, uh, you forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll do that. We'll close with that. So I. You, yeah. You got everything else? Yeah, do whatever you need to do. All right, so uh, I talked to Ryan Brown yesterday. He's in Indianapolis for uh, Alabama, Georgia. We'll let this be the end of the podcast, so when this ends, I'll just go to a screen and end the stream. But thanks, for everybody, for being with us. And um, here's Ryan Brown with uh, the next round. We'll be back uh, tomorrow morning with another edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Ryan Brown of the next round joins us from Indianapolis. Uh, first round, let's get to the important things. Just how cold is it? Just how miserable are the uh, are the sidewalks? <laughs> uh, very and very. Uh, so I, I'm you know look, I'm a Southern boy. You know, you know that I grew up in Bur- and uh, Aniston, uh, live in Birmingham now. So we were supposed to. All right, uh, let me give you some history here. So Dallas flying, I tried to fly from Dallas to Nashville to watch the Titans Dolphins game, and it was an abject disaster. Uh, I finally got there and watched the game. But um, air travel right now is just a complete crap shoot. And the flags were already pretty limited and not many flags Birmingham to Indianapolis. So we made the decision to drive just to avoid any possibility of cancellation or anything like that. I've made that. And uh, in the process of doing that, Nashville got snowed in. So, but basically between Nashville and Louisville was a disaster. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought I thought we had frozen up. Are we okay? Yeah, we're okay. You're a little spotty. We're, you're must be in like a hotel pep rally sort of a deal. I am actually at Fan Central. Yeah, this is Fan Central. So there could be a pretty big drain here on the uh, Wi-Fi. Um uh, so you, you tell me what you want to do, but I'll, I'll keep going. So yeah, no, we're good. So Nashville, Nashville, okay, okay. Nashville and Louisville was a disaster, which it kind of always disaster. is, no matter what. That, that's true. Yeah, they're not great roads anyway. So we decided to stay in Nashville because the sun was setting as we got to Nashville. So we spent the night in Nashville, which was shut down because of snow and ice, basically. So we stay in downtown Nashville. We get up here finally on uh, the losing track of the days on Saturday. And I'm walking the JW Marriott right down by Lucas Oil is the media hotel. And I'm walking in the hotel and I slipped and I was like, is that a crap to ice? So we literally go in the hotel, drop our crap and we're going back out to dinner. And we come out to the dinner, a hotel attendant says, be careful, sir. The sidewalks are frozen. And literally in like 20 minutes, the sidewalks had gone from walkable to frozen. Um, the high today was 34. That was this morning. It's getting down to 17. Um, this is not this is not southern weather. It is not southern weather. And they look. This game is here in Indianapolis because they wanted to put it in the Big Ten footprint at some point, and uh, that's the only way the Big Ten can see the national championship game is for them to bring it to the Big Ten. All right, but uh, we, this is a cold spot for it. Before we get to the trivial uh, stuff about the actual game, I'm curious: have you have you been to St. Elmo? Have you have you had a, a shrimp cocktail? Are you high enough on the NCAA pecking order to make that happen? So here's a crazy, another crazy story. So the day Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, uh, I did all my post-game responsibilities and all that. And on the ride home, I was not driving. On the ride home, I started trying to get a dinner reservation for Sunday night, for tonight, or Saturday, the one at St. Elmo's. And they were not available. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just too far in advance. So periodically, I would go back, not available, not available, not available. Come to find out, they were not available from day one. Um, it is like the hottest dinner reservation here they've even got a sister restaurant harry and izzy's right next door i can't get a reservation there this place the hotel's meal 
were crazy here. I mean, like Alabama fans and really Georgia fans too, I'm sure, but I hear more from the Alabama fans, just desperate to find hotel rooms and, and hotel rooms at a reasonable rate. It's crazy. I don't know what's happened here, but uh, this city is basically shut down. And this is an event city. I mean, this is a city that hosts final. They hosted the entire NCAA tournament last year. They host final fours. The Indianapolis 500 gets like half a million people. And this game, for some reason, has it shut down. If you were more of an NCAA apologist, you you would get into St. Saint Elmo tonight. I'm just telling you, this okay. this is All you right. pay. You're paying the price for having an opinion that is your own and not one that is manufactured by the people right there in Indianapolis at the NCAA. So hey, you know, decisions have consequences, bud. If, if if the steak is good enough, I am willing to sell out. So I will say that it is a really good shrimp cocktail. The the, the shrimp cocktail yeah. sauce is fantastic. I will give it that. Um, all right, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban both on Sunday morning were were pushing for NIL legislation. What specifically were they saying? Um, you know, Nick Saban. I'll, I'll speak specifically about him because I don't know if you saw. Uh, I don't know if you follow Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, and uh, he he quote tweeted a quote from Nick Saban, uh, and basically said what Nick Saban is saying in this is that. I fear I can no longer dominate under this new set of rules. And that is not what Nick Saban is saying at all. Nick Saban will dominate under any set of rules you've given him, and he's proven that. He'll find a way to dominate. Um, I, I do think there is genuine concern for them at the way this is being used to draw players from one school to another. I think that's genuinely concerning because they know at some point they're going to have a five-star that's a little deeper on the two deep than he wants to be because there's a bunch of five stars in front of him. And there are going to be schools knocking on Alabama and Georgia's door trying to get that guy to come to their school, and they're going to promise him half a million dollars, a million dollars, whatever, in NIL deals. So I think that's probably, Neil, the genesis of their concern is that they know it's eventually going to not keep them from getting the top-level player they want in the transfer portal or in recruiting. But it's once the guy gets on campus and he's not getting the playing time he wants. Nick Saban has had to fight that for a very long time without this NIL. So you add that to the equation now, and it is something that I can see why it's concerning to them. Yeah, you know, I've said this for a long time about Saban. Number one, number one he's, he's in his 70s now. He's not going to do this forever. Number two, every time he tells he says something's going to happen in college football, it does. Yep. You would think at some point people would listen to him. He's already won 10 titles or whatever it is. I mean – you're not going to take him away from him. So when people say, well, he's afraid he's not going to dominate anymore. I'm like, man, he turned 71 in October. What are you? Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway. Okay, all right. So let's get to the game. I don't have you for long because the Georgia band's on its way in to, to play loud music. The, the red coats, the, the, the red coats are coming. The Alabama, the million dollar band just finished and the Georgia red coat band is that the red coats are coming. <laughs> I don't want you to miss that. Cause I can't imagine what a, what a performance it must be. Um, yes. All right. The last two times these teams have played, Alabama's kind of dominated the game. Um, Georgia's Georgia's a great program right now. This is their this, this is their boogaboo is is Alabama. Is there a scenario in your mind where Georgia wins the game Monday night? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Alabama. First of all, their offensive line performance against Georgia in the SEC championship game is absolutely the outlier for the rest of their season. They had gone from the Iron Bowl where they couldn't keep people from, from killing Bryce Young to the SEC championship game where Georgia didn't lay a hand on him. Uh, so that is by far and away the outlier for, uh, for the rest of their season. So 
that's number one there. It is hard to believe the Alabama offensive line, whatever they found in that Georgia game the first time, they have again uh, Monday night. So I anticipate Bryce Young getting hit some, getting sacked some, having to run for his life a little bit. The other factor offensively is John Matthew was a huge factor in the first half of that game, and he went out at halftime injured, right, right before the half injured, and now you don't have him. So who stepped up in that hole? And Alabama's only played the one full game without him, and they didn't really have to throw much because they were playing Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a pair of uh, NFL corners, and Alabama knew they – owned the line of scrimmage there. So they just ran, 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 ran Brian Robinson. So we haven't really seen Alabama have to play without those guys uh, as of yet. So I, I you know, or, or excuse me, play without John Manchie as of yet. So I think that is a huge storyline here. Is it Ja'Cory Brooks who has stepped up a little bit, more of Slade Bolden? I think the X factor for Alabama, they're very talented tight end. Jaleel Billingsley has been a non-factor for a lot of this season. And this is an unbelievably talented guy. So can he, you know, can he find some space in that Georgia defense and and give Bryce Young a target underneath for those times where he is pressured? For Georgia, do you get a sense that there's I don't I mean almost a sense. I mean, obviously, they would love to play anyone but Alabama in this game, but uh, Georgia is beating everybody it plays, but they struggle with Alabama. Do you get a sense being around them at all that that this is a mental thing for them yet? You know, it's kind of funny. I think for you know, I don't know, 20, 25 years, Georgia players have played under this weight of no national championship since 1980. I don't know if you can hear, but they're starting to play their mind. My God, that's Georgia's music playing. Um, (laughs) Speakers are right there. Um, So Georgia for years has had to play under the weight of not winning the national championship. And that has been a weight on the shoulder of Georgia players for played 20 or 25 years. I think this iteration of Georgia football, that weight is Alabama. You know, they have just never been able to conquer Alabama. The 2017 had them in the national championship game. Alabama won in the most devastating fashion possible for Georgia. They swapped to a freshman quarterback at halftime. He gets sacked and it hits the game winning touchdown on you. 2018, that freshman quarterback that had killed you the year before, you're actually controlling. He gets knocked out. You go to his backup that he replaced. He leads them to a comeback. Kirby makes this weird fake punt. You lose that game. They go to Bryant Denny in Tuscaloosa. They lead at the half, and Alabama looks very, very normal. Alabama blows them out in the second half. They go to the SEC championship game where they're a huge favorite. They get a 10-0 lead. They got Alabama by the throat, and then Alabama scores on five consecutive possessions. Alabama has done it every potential way, but the the it continues to just be heartbreak after heartbreak for uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, so real quick, if, um, if, if if Alabama wins, what's it mean to the program other than like the 22nd championship in four years or whatever it is? What is it? Is it just ho-hum at this point, or is this one special? It, it really is. I mean, this Alabama fan base has become very, very comfortable in this situation. The Georgia fan base is starving. Uh, you can hear it from them. You can see it in them. The Alabama fan base. You know, the SEC championship game, play an Alabama road game. Now, you covered – a lot of Southeastern Conference football, you've seen how Alabama travels. That stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, might have been 80-20, maybe 80-20 Georgia fans. I mean, the Alabama fans just did not show up for that game. They've just become, and, and, and by the way, the Georgia fans at that game thought that they were showing up for a coronation. They really thought that that was the national championship game because if you beat Alabama, they're probably not in the playoffs, and you'll run through anybody in the playoffs. That was your national championship game. Now, all of a sudden, you got to beat them again. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you got to beat them again. So this Alabama fan base, and you lived in this state, you know how bad this is for an Auburn fan. Their two most hated teams are playing. 
And you talk to almost any Auburn fan, and it would surprise a lot of people to hear this. They're pulling for Alabama here because of what you just said. They'll tell you Alabama's got a, bil- a billion championships. What's another one? It ain't changing that fan base. That fan base is who they are. The Georgia fan base, as I had an Auburn fan put it to me, uh, there is every bit, if not more obnoxious than Alabama fans, but at least Alabama fans have earned some right to be obnoxious. And Georgia fans haven't done that. So I think for Alabama fans, same old, same old. For Georgia fans, this would be a ton of pain that they would be burying here in Indianapolis. Could it be the beginning of a Georgia dynasty if they got over the hump? I mean, he's recruiting at a super high level. He is. I mean, I don't. I think Alabama is going to be really good next year, though, Neil. I mean, I think it, it's not going to shock me if it's these two teams for the SEC again next year, maybe in this game again next year. This Alabama team, the only real question mark this Alabama team has next year is receiver because um, you're going to lose John Matthew to the draft and Jamison Williams, who has been phenomenal for Alabama this year. You're going to lose those two to the draft. Beyond that, at almost every position, this Alabama team is going to be stronger next year than they were this year, with the possible exception of quarterback. It's going to be hard for Bryce Young to be that much better. But, you know, he's still going to be phenomenal. They'll be better at running back. Defense is going to be as good as Nick Saban has had in quite a while. Thanks to Eli Ricks transferring in. Um, they've got just about everybody back on my defense. This this Alabama team is going to be really, really good next year. So even if Georgia wins this one here, there's a chance they're just setting up another date next year. All right, finally, who wins? I think Georgia's the better team, um, and everything would point at them winning. Uh, but I've just got a sneaking suspicion that Alabama just has this just has this weird vexing hold over Georgia. And uh, I, I tell you, man, I spent some time in the Alabama team hotel last night having drinks with some friends there uh, that are very close. And we, I talked to a lot of people, you know, associated with Alabama football, not Nick Saban. But a lot of people, they are very confident. They, they don't feel like that SEC championship game was a fluke. So I'm going to take Alabama in a, in a tight one. I had Georgia in the previous one, so that's probably bad news for Alabama. I've got Alabama in a real tight one, too, for the same reason you just said. I just think they kind of have a mental thing over Georgia. And until Georgia yeah. wins, I'm going to ride with Alabama. But, hey, listen, I know you're busy. I don't want you to miss the band. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us. And uh, enjoy, enjoy Indianapolis. Don't fall. Well, thank you. We've got ACDC now. We're a little thunderstruck here. The Redcoat Band coming in. So it's a heck of a party. I'm going to go try not to slip on the street. All right, buddy. Be good. All right. Take care, Neil.